I'm so blessed to be here with you and to worship the creator of the universe and to, to love one another and to, to lament with each other and be with each other. Uh, for those of you who haven't been with us on a Sunday evening before, we've been going through the book of Isaiah for a little over a year. And in last month's um, Sunday evening service, our senior intern, Stephen Tipton, shared with us that the image that comes to people's mind when they hear the book of Isaiah is God judging his people. And God does judge his people through exile and for forsaking him and forsaking his word. He is the only true God, and they reject him. Though God uses exile to judge his people, he is not forsaking them or rejecting them and not abandoning them. He's using the exile and the judgment to strengthen the bond they share. And through suffering and hardships, teach them that he alone is God. His people should trust him and seek strength, help, and comfort from him alone. Before we dig into Isaiah 41, verses 8 through 10, I ask that you please turn there with me in your copy of God's holy and inspired word. Or if you don't have a copy to call your own, please feel free to find a Bible in the seat in front of you to use that and to take it home with you. Our time together will be of great benefit to you if you find Isaiah 41, verses 8 through 10, with me. Let me pray for our time together, and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, you are holy, 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 and perfect in all of your ways. We give you thanks and praise for who you are. We give you thanks and praise for salvation through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Please plant your word down deep in us and cause it to bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Through his prophet Isaiah, God speaks to his people then and to us now, saying, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I, have, whom I took from the ends of the earth and have called from its farthest corners, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Three points will guide our time together this evening. First, the contrast. Second, the call. And third, comforting confidence. I can repeat that for those taking notes. First, the contrast, second, the call, and third, comforting confidence. The concept that I want you to take to heart tonight is God's people find great comfort and confidence in Him alone. First, hear the contrast. In the beginning of chapter 41, God invites the coastlands before him, saying, Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us, draw to, let us together draw near for judgment. One commentator states, The Hebrew word translated as coastlands literally means islands, 
or most likely refers to far-off, idolatrous nations that have rejected God, his existence, and his help. God proceeds to summon these relationally distant coastlands. He calls them to conjure up their own strength for a divine trial in God's courtroom. They are being prepared to receive God's just judgment for their sin towards the God that made them. These nations must rely on their own strength to receive and receive help from no one, receive help not from the, the creator of the universe. Here we see God speak harshly to the coastlands and set himself in opposition to them. But he speaks gently and identifies himself with the people that he has chosen, the people he has called. In Isaiah 41 verse 5, God says that the coastlands see and are afraid. But to his people, God declares, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you. I, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There's a great contrast between how God treats those who reject him and how he treats those he, he has called. God's people find great comfort and confidence in trusting him alone. This brings us to our second point, the call. God relates to and expresses possession of his people by using their covenant name, Israel. The name Israel comes from God establishing a covenant with Abraham and his grandson, Jacob, whom he then renames Israel. God guaranteed to make a great nation from Abraham that would bless all the peoples of the world. In words identical to the sermon that our senior intern preached last month, um, God intimately addresses his people by their, the natural name of their patriarch, Jacob, and the covenant name that he made with his people, Israel. These names would remind God's people of his call and covenant with Abraham his call to and his covenant with Abraham. Isaiah's audience would have been well aware of God's faithfulness to his covenant people from remembering God's goodness. God demonstrated his faithfulness to Israel by providing them with food and water during a great famine and while they wandered in the wilderness. God also protected his people from the harsh slavery of the Egyptians. He freed them and he protected them from their enemies as they wandered in the wilderness. God addresses his people in verse 8 as Israel, my servant, and Jacob, whom I have chosen. And in verse 9, we learn that God has gathered his servants from great distances, from the earth's farthest corners. And he claims them as his servants. God demonstrates his claim as a loving master over those he calls by providing for his people and protecting them. God's people find great comfort and confidence in trusting him alone. And in order to understand why God's people should trust in him alone, we will now transition into our third point, comfort and confidence. Patricia Burrow is a physical therapist 
and she was working in Lancaster General Hospital when she received a message from her secretary that would cause any loving parent to shudder in anguish. A policeman is on the line. Your son has been in a serious car accident. Her son, Michael, was rushed to Lancaster General Hospital and placed in a trauma unit. At 17 years of age, Michael sustained a traumatic brain injury, severe enough to render him comatose. He was barely clinging to life. In a chaotic storm of agony, Patricia turned to the only one who could help her, God. She labored in tear-filled prayer, pleading with God not to take her only son. And now she says, without hesitation, that God gave her strength and peace, overwhelming her with love in a time of great anguish and uncertainty. He comforted her, and she was absolutely confident in him. By God's mercy and grace, she remained steadfast to the Lord through an immensely trying time and a long road of recovery for her son. Now, look with me at verse 10, and God says to his people, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God instructs his people not to fear because he is with them. The one who made everything, the one who made everyone, is closely walking with his people. Think with me for a second. Is there a certain someone or an overinflated sense of self-confidence in your life that makes you feel safe and secure when you are in a dark and terrifying situation? God is infinitely more able to protect and comfort you than whoever it is that you are thinking of. God made that person, and he sustains that person. God tells his people not to be dismayed because he is their God. In his work on Isaiah, a commentator says that the Hebrew word translated as dismayed means to dart one's eyes rapidly from left to right. This rapid eye movement indicates an overwhelming sense of uncertainty that produces great fear and distress. Those who have been set apart in the world and called by God have no need to be afraid and no reason to search desperately for protection and provision because they have a God who promises to strengthen them by his might and help them. He ensures them that they will not fall because he will uphold them with his righteous right hand. God's people find great comfort and confidence in trusting him alone. Friends, we have the same comfort and confidence as the Israelites that Isaiah spoke to in this passage. In order to see how, turn with me in Romans chapter 4, and I will read verses 1 through 5. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 says this, and hear the word of the Lord. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? 
For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Listen closely. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Abraham and Jacob did no work that earned their calling, provision, and protection. They, that they received from God. And we can do no work that earns us peace with God in order to receive a call, provision for, and protection. Jesus Christ the Son of God, descended from heaven to earth, took on the form of a mortal man. He lived a perfect life that we cannot live, and he took the penalty of an excruciating death that we deserve for our imperfect lives. Jesus Christ did not stay dead. He rose from the grave to prove his identity as the Son of God and to prove that his sacrifice was accepted by God. He ascended into heaven to advocate for us before the Father. Friends, if we do not have the faith of Abraham and trust in God for our salvation through Jesus Christ alone, we are idolatrous like the coastlands, and we will receive the same just judgment that they received for their idolatry. I want to plead with you that if you have any questions or thoughts that you would like to share, please come speak with me, anyone you have seen on stage, or anyone you know to be a member of Christ Church Westchester, and we would love to share with you the hope of purpose and life and forgiveness before God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We would love to listen and share with you how God and his gospel is the only way to be saved. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, you are holy, holy, holy. You made us and you did not have to do that. You are blessed. You are so good and perfect in all your ways and and we, as your people, fall short, God. But you have made a way through Jesus Christ and we give you thanks and praise for Jesus Christ. But more than that, we give you thanks and praise for who you are because your salvation flows from who you are, love and justice and mercy and grace and patience and kindness. We love you and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.